We are live, our first podcast. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous, but very excited. Uh, this is Kyle with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training. I'm used to standing in front of salesmen and sales managers and doing training. And right now I'm looking at a computer screen counting. So it's a little bit different, but I'll get used to this podcast stuff. I'm really enjoying uh, it so far, practicing and having some fun. But let's uh, get to why we're here. You are a car salesman or you're becoming a car salesman or you've been one for a long time and you want to get to the next level. You want to make over 100000 a year. But more than just the money, you want to have success and happiness and get promoted and become something at the dealership more than just the car sales guy. Uh, my name is Kyle. I've been in the car business for over 20 years. Sales trainer, sales manager, car salesman. I love the car business through and through. I've decided um, after a few years in the car business that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I've been uh, having a lot of fun. What we want to do is change the game with this kind of training. There's a lot of good trainers out there and your sales managers are doing the best they can and your general sales manager are doing the best they can with training. But if you want proper training, you got to go out and find it. And kudos to you for finding this because we're going to have some fun in this podcast. Um, so today's category, we're, we're, we're talking about are we turning lookers into buyers or are we turning buyers into lookers, right? And we're going to break down both sides of that. First, let's start with lookers into buyers. Our job as a salesman is to turn a looker and you have to assume everyone coming in is going to say just looking. Whether they say it or not, that's their intentions, right? Customers come in, oh, we're just looking. At that precise moment they say that, you have to just bypass it. Oh, excellent. Of course, they're just looking. We all have eyeballs. So everyone's looking. No one comes in and gets out of their car and says, I'm just buying, right? No one says that. So everyone's looking. The precise moment they say that, though, you have to keep focused and professional because the customer can read body language. If you get discouraged with what they said or or start wavering because oh, they're just looking now, I'm wasting my time, you will run into problems in the car business, in well, in the car process, the car sale. Um, it's our job to turn that looker into a buyer. It's not their job to turn into a buyer. We have to be convincing. We have to be passionate. We have to be laser focused on the task at hand. And the task at hand is I've been waiting for this up for an hour, two hours, three hours. It's been slow today. And I'm going to do everything I can to turn that looker into a buyer. And how do we do that? We do that with a few things. One is good work ethic. Customers love salesmen who work hard because they want to know that this 50 grand I'm about to drop on this car is going to the right dealership and the right salesman. Remember, they have to like and trust you and they have to like and trust the dealership to part with that kind of money. So you have to earn their trust. And one of the ways is by work ethic. Just being at work, taking ups, you got to be there to, to, to get that customer. So being there, working hard. Now, what I mean by work ethic with a customer is going inside and getting that third key for that that truck they want to look at. Go in the extra mile, find that jumper box and jumpstart that truck. Oh, shoot, it's out of gas. Let me grab some gas for it, right? You're showing that you're working hard to earn that sale, earn their business. 
Work ethic comes in many different shapes and forms. But if you're going home hungry, tired, sweaty, stinky, you probably sold a car that day. That's work ethic. That's sweat equity. You got to pour your heart into it. Customers like a hardworking salesman. That's how you turn a looker into a buyer. Uh, there's a word called reciprocity. Uh, it's one of my favorite words in the car business because the more you give, the more guilt the customer will have to say no. If you are grinding and grinding for that customer and they see, holy crap, this salesman just put in 40 minutes of trying to find us the right rig and we're just going to leave. No, we got to drive it, honey. Hard work, work ethic. That'll get that customer to turn into a buyer. On the flip side of that, turning that buyer into a looker, right? So you got customers that come in and we all know this sales guy, right? We've all seen it. Maybe we've been this salesman, but let's just assume that we've never done this and we're watching this, right? Customer comes in, wife gets out, kids get out of the car and they're happy and excited and they're in an old 97 Ford Expedition and it's on its last leg, right? To me, that's a buyer. They came in to buy something. It's our job to find something for them to buy. But we all know that salesman that takes that customer, test drives them in a couple vehicles. They have brochures. The kids have uh, coloring crayons and, and whatnot from the break room while they waited for their parents to find the car. They have brochures. They have write-ups. They have all kinds of stuff, and they're leaving in their same car they came in. But, man, that salesman sure did a good job of providing all the things necessary except for what? A new car, right? That salesman turned that buyer into a looker. Hey, yeah, no, 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 no problem. Yeah, no, no, boss, they're coming back. I promise. No, we hit it off real good. Yeah, no, he's just, he wants to grab some lunch. The kids are hungry, and uh, but he'll be back. We all know the be back bus is the longest bus on the planet. It wraps around the earth over five times. I know because I've measured it. And the be back bus is never coming back. So you you got to turn that buyer into looker. That customer came in with all their kids and their wife for a reason. Don't turn them into a, a looker. Ways you turn them into a looker is by spending too much time building rapport. That may sound weird because our job is to build rapport, right? But we have to build rapport in tandem in simultaneously with going through the sales process. So if you just take that customer that gets out of their vehicle and you, you know, talk about dirt bikes and hunting and the football game and you spend 45 minutes building a best friend, well, guess what's going to happen? They're going to look at their watch and say, oh, shoot, I got to get going. I have an appointment at the dentist, right? He's looking for a way to get out of there because you've wasted 45 minutes of both your time not furthering the process. So that's a way to turn a buyer into a looker. Now, on the flip side of that, building rapport, it's a fine line, right? So you have a, a looker, you're building rapport, you're asking the right questions, you're flushing out objections, you're finding the right vehicle. That's how you turn a looker into a buyer. You're building a friend while you're working towards the car sale and you're taking them through the 11 steps of the sale, which is a whole nother training. Uh, but the 11 steps of the sale is crucial and it's a formula on how to make 100000 or more a year. So we talked about work ethic. We talked about building too much rapport. Just be careful with rapport. Um, you don't want to build a best friend, and that's all you did, right? You want to get their information. You want to take them through the process while you're building a friend. Okay, people skills. This one reminds me of a video game. Follow along here because it may make sense, and it may not, but in my brain it does. So people skills come along with experience. You can't get out of high school, get in the car business, and have every people skill possible. Over the course of the last basically 20 years of selling and training, 
I've almost met every type of person I could think of because the same type of person comes in and it's like, man, I, I met a guy just like you and I know how to close this guy. Well, that's people skills, right? Finding common rapport, finding, finding common ground, um, knowing what to say with different types of customers, knowing when to speed up and knowing when to slow down. The part where it's like a video game is this. When you build a character in one of those hack and slash games, you start at level one. Just like your first day in the sales job, you're level one. The only way you get experience is by getting out there and fighting, right? You get out there and you fight and you get some battle scars and you level up to level two. Well, it's the same thing with people skills. You have to get it, get out there in the line of fire and help people. Whether you fail or succeed, you're learning and you're getting experience. People skills comes with experience. So you got to get out there and level up, level up. Think of every day like a you got to level up. Right. And you most likely, if you're getting in the line of fire, if you're putting yourself out there to get in front of customers, you're going to sell a car. That's the outcome of putting yourself in the line of fire. It's just a numbers game. All right. Let's talk about punctuality. The guy that comes in early is the guy that always sells cars for some reason. He's here early. He's ready to go. His shift started at eight, but he's there at 745. He's got an appointment at 11, but he's ready with the car at 1030. The guy that's punctual and ready for business seems to be a guy that really knows how to sell cars and shows up on time. A lot of time is wasted in the car business when you clock in at eight and your shift starts with you eating a giant bean burrito, breakfast burrito, and then getting something to drink. Next thing you know, it's 8.30. Now you got to digest. Then you got to use the restroom. Then you got to get some coffee. Before you become effective, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. You wasted two hours. So I know that's not really the buyers and the lookers, but it's a very important thing I want to go over is punctuality. You've got to get to work on time. Assume and pretend like this is your dealership. This is your dealership. You're the owner. What would the owner do of his dealership when he first started it? He's there early. He's making coffee. He's cleaning countertops. He's cleaning his desk. He's ready for business at 8 a.m. because we only have a certain amount of hours in the day to be effective and to, to sell cars. So uh, punctuality is very important. Being ready for your customers can turn a looker into a buyer because you're ready to go instead of being, you know, not. Okay, so here's an important thing that could turn a looker into buyer. I've always assumed when I was selling cars that the customer just left another dealership. And this is my opportunity to turn them into my customer. There's a reason why they left that other dealership. And here's one thing that I didn't ever ever want to miss out on is looking good, my overall appearance. So they just left another dealership. They probably had a guy that had scuffed up shoes, messed up hair, has giant bed head, uh, maybe smells a little bit. But when they come to me, I want to be the fresh breath of air. I want them to run into a, a real salesman, someone that takes their career very seriously and is a very professional uh, person to deal with. That can turn a looker into a buyer, your appearance, the way you look, the way you smell, your hair, your shoes, the shine on your shoes. You don't want to go overboard and have too much stuff, but you want to look very presentable within your dealership's uh, you know, dress code guidelines. Um, you always want to follow those, of course, because they're the ones who employed you. But you want to look good for your customers at all times because that could be the tipping point from them leaving the other dealership 
and coming and buying from you is, man, we like the truck over there, but man, the guy was just, I don't know if he was doing drugs or he just woke up out of his car, but we just did not feel comfortable handing him over a $10,000 down payment. So we just said, we're just going to go and discuss it, right? Uh, so you got to look good to turn a buyer into a looker. You can have that customer that's ready to come in and buy. And then they run into you and you don't look professional. You don't smell professional. You don't act professional. And they're like, we're going to go look around. So you could turn a potential buyer into a looker just by the way you look. Here's a pet peeve of mine, uh, is cussing with the customers in front of the customers. It's a big no, no, because yeah, you have a customer that may be cussing and you want to kind of parallel them. And you want to get on their level, but don't do it. Don't cuss. You got to be the professional. They have to look up to you. Um, Just because they cuss doesn't mean they want you to cuss. They're coming to you as a professional car salesman. So when they come to a salesman that doesn't cuss and, and holds himself in a very high regard, they know they're with the right guy. This is the guy I want to do business with, right? You're the guy. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the guy that these people want to do business with. Right. Instead of the customer going to a place and he let's say, say the customer is spitting tobacco and cussing. Right. And then the salesman starts doing the same thing. That customer might say, hey, I'm the customer. You need to." in his head. He may not tell you this, but he may be thinking, hey, it's okay if I cut and cuss and spit. But, man, I don't want my car sales guy to do this. I I want him to be professional. So just because your customer is doing it doesn't mean you want to cuss. It's just unprofessional. You never know who's around the corner at your dealership listening in. There could be kids. It could be the owner's wife and you're dropping F-bombs and the owner's wife's like, who's the sales guy? You're going to get rid of them, right? You just don't want to cuss. Okay, odor. We don't need to go too far into odor. Take a shower before you go to work. Put on some cologne and some deodorant. I don't want to buy a car from a skunk and neither does your customer, although it'd be quite interesting. Um that could turn a, a a buyer into a looker real fast. They love the truck. They love uh, everything about it. But man, they can't get in a car with you because you stink. So take a shower. Oh, that's my phone. Let's silence that. Okay, sales verbiages. This could turn lookers into buyers. Good closes. Good uh, sales verbiage techniques. Uh, things you want to stay away from is the old classic cheesy, sleazy car sales lines. Um, there's always variations. There's always going to be, um, things you got to say, Hey, if I could, would you buy this car? Right. But you can change it up a little bit. Hey, I don't know if my manager will do this, but if I can get my manager to do this, is that something you'd want to do right now? So you don't want to sound like the salesman down the street because a lot of people get training from old school stuff online or you know, those old VHS tapes that we were forced to watch. And some of that stuff worked, but some of it didn't. Well, everyone's used those old techniques and customers know because guess what? Customers have been in the car business too, and they know those old sales techniques. So you got to make things your own. Sound like yourself, sound genuine, but stay away from those cheesy lines. Whichever cheesy lines you may hear or have learned over the past, try to turn them into a different variation. Uh, and make them your own so they don't sound like the the guy next door, the dealership they just left. You want to use verbiages that are professional and um, that customers can't detect that it's a close because that could turn a buyer into a looker real fast, cheesy closes. You know what I mean? You don't want to be doing any cheesy closes. There's a ton out there. I haven't used them in years, so I can't even think of half of them. 
but we'd want to be genuine in your clothes. The 11 steps of the sale will make it to where your clothes is extremely easy. Um, but again, that's a, another day, another training. Okay, uh, lying to customers. This is probably the biggest no-no because you got to assume too that the customer had just spent the last three days online researching that Ram 1500 with the 410 rear end to pull his trailer. He's done everything in his power to make sure that that truck can pull his trailer. So he's going to come to the car lot now and ask you, hey, salesman, um, do, do you know if this this truck is has the 410 rear end with that Hemi? And you're going to look at the window sticker and say, oh, yeah, here it is, the 410 rear end right there, and it's got the 5.7 Hemi. Yeah. Do you know how much that can pull? And the sales guy that's about to turn the buyer into a looker says, oh, I think around fifteen to 16,000 pounds. Well, the customer in his head goes, really? Because online it says 12.3. But the customer may not tell you that, right? So you you just did your first boo-boo and you lied to the customer about towing capacities. So all your credibility just went out the window for any other question he has already asked or is about to ask because now he can't trust you. So instead of turning that buyer into a looker, you're going to do this. Hey, Mr. Salesman, how much does this truck tow? with the 410 rear end? Man, that's a great question. And that question deserves a great answer. And I don't want to make up something. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find out for you. Now I can run in the showroom and find out right now, or I can find out, find it out later in the, in the, our little sales process, maybe after the test drive and let the customer decide, no, you can, we can wait till after the test drive or the customer may say, no, it's really important because I don't want to find a truck that I like and it can't pull my trailer because my trailer is 12,000 pounds. So never lie to a customer. They'll catch you in little lies and not say a thing. But all of a sudden they leave. They want to think about it. Well, it's because you you did some boo-boos in the process and you possibly lied to them. Whether you know you lied or not, they will leave because they can't trust you anymore. Remember, they have to buy from someone they like and trust. Okay, another VIP deal. Another VIP item is... When you want to turn a looker into a buyer, you take them through the steps of the sale. You do not skip the steps of the sale, even if the customer says something like this. Oh, no, I, I've driven an F-150 before. They they all pretty much drive the same. I, I'm fine. Well, let's just go work the numbers. So the customer wants to go right to the numbers, right? But you haven't test driven them. You haven't built that value. You haven't got that rapport testing out the four-wheel drive and the radio and pairing his phone. So skipping that step may make it a little bit easier for that customer to say no to the numbers you have inside. And he wants to think about it. He wants to take your write-up sheet and think about those numbers because you haven't got to that that level of uh, rapport and building that value so high that he can't say no. Remember, you got to have the value surpass the price. So when you have a customer that wants to skip steps, this is what you say on the test drive. I say, Mr. Customer, I understand you. most F-150s drive the same. But if I go in there and work numbers with my manager and he asks, and he always asks, hey, what did your guy think of the truck? Did he like it? And I say, no, he hasn't tried, He hasn't even test driven it. You know what my manager's going to say? Go have your customer test drive this truck before he signs for it. He's about to spend 40 grand on this truck. You got to have him drive it. And I don't want to go in there and t show my manager I'm not doing my job. So why don't we take it for a quick test drive? 
It's a fair and reasonable thing. I just want, I just need to make sure you like it. Any fair and reasonable customer is going to say, nah, I get it. You're just trying to do your job, right? They're going to say, yeah, that's fine. But if you allow that customer to skip that step, now they have control of the sale and you've lost it. So you got to, you got to make sure they drive it and you got to find a way in what verbiage is to uh, get them to test drive that vehicle. They'll try to skip other parts of the, the steps like building rapport. Oh, I'm just looking for this white F-150. It's right here on the front line, right? And so you just start following that customer right to that that uh, that truck on the front line. You, This is your job. This is your career. This is your dealership. This is your house. Nobody comes into my dealership and tells me how the process is going to go. I stop them. Oh, excellent. Yeah, let's go look at it. First and foremost, my name is Kyle and you are? Oh, excellent, Mike. Very nice to meet you. And who's this? Oh, this is Samantha. Nice to meet you, Samantha. My name is Kyle. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Are you working with anybody right now or online or in person? No? Okay. First time here? Well, excellent. Well, let's walk out to the truck and I'll tell you a little bit about our dealership and how we do business. Right? So we control that that process. It may We may still walk to the truck immediately, but I'm going to slow them down and get their name, write it down, and I'm going to do my due diligence to do the sales process. Then I'm going to build rapport. He doesn't get to just jump in the truck and take it for a test drive. I'm the one in control of making a copy of his license and giving him the key. So I'm going to say, if he says, hey, let's go test drive this. Yeah, no no problem. Uh, I'll make a quick copy of your license. You guys from around here? Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I know where you guys live. That's uh, That town is what? North of this city? Mm-hmm. No, very cool. Yeah, I say you drove up, drove up in a, a lifted F-150. You think about trading that in? So you, you can kind of see what I'm doing right right there. I'm still acknowledging that we're going to go test drive the truck, but I'm slowing them down a bit. So that's how you turn lookers into buyers. You make sure they go through your process. We don't go through their process. Because if you let them skip all the steps, when you get to the numbers part, the most important, they're going to walk all over you and they're probably going to leave with, a, with your write-up. <clears throat> but if you controlled the whole process... When you go to close it, they're going to know, holy moly, this guy's the one in control. Honey, we're, I think we're buying this car. I, I, this guy's just doing everything right. So, I mean, there's, of course, a lot of other little intricacies within that. But the moral of today's podcast, and there's a ton more, and you can leave me comments or ask questions. My goal is to make sure everyone in the, in the U.S. really is kicking butt, taking names, having fun, selling cars, and making money. So remember, tomorrow when you're at the dealership, your goal, I don't care how many ups you take, but your goal is to turn that looker, assume he's just a looker, into a buyer. Make it everything you got. Use every bit of passion, any any bit of uh, positive energy. Be convincing and have fun. Smile. Get their names and enjoy the process. Because if you enjoy it and love your job, it's contagious to the customer. And they will not be able to tell you no. Uh, so, turn lookers into buyers. Do not turn buyers into lookers. I appreciate it, guys.